Palm Sunday is a day where we see that Jesus came in to Jerusalem. We, we see that Jesus came in riding not on a war horse, but on a colt. Came in on a donkey. And Jesus came into the city. And that was the last week of His earthly life. And the people were shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest. They were shouting, You are our Savior! But just a few days later, most likely the same kind of people, the same crowd were, were chanting, Crucify Him. And it's easy for us to say, hey, that, that was those people. We would never do that. We would never one day say, we need you, Jesus. But then when things get hard, say, we don't want to have anything to do with you, Jesus. You're better off dead to us. And so today we're going to be looking at, we've been looking at over the last several weeks, we've been leading up to Easter, we've been looking at, in the, in the Gospel of John, looking at how Jesus said who He is many times. And so today we're going to be looking at when Jesus said, I am the true vine. So in Jesus' own words, in John 15, we're going to be exploring today. We've, we've seen so far other cases where Jesus said, I am the light of the world. I'm the bread of life. I am the, the good shepherd. I am the gate for the sheep. There's, there's many of these I am statements. In fact, this is actually, the, this one in John 15 is actually the last of the seven. Now I saved I am the resurrection and the life for Easter because that, that kind of fit with Easter better. But this, this one today is actually the last one that Jesus said, I am the true vine. And so we're going to see today, that, and this may be a familiar passage to us in John 15. It, it, we're going to see today how Jesus uses imagery, current imagery for the culture then, about a, this vineyard and how people can understand what needs to happen with the vine. So uh, turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 15, and we're going to go through this, the first eight verses this morning. So in, in John chapter 15, we, we have just seen, this is again the, the night before Jesus is arrested it's before, the night before he dies a criminal's death on the cross. And so Jesus, it, we, we saw last week how Jesus was really wanting his disciples to understand something. That he is the way and the truth and the life. And, and he wants people to, to know, he wants his disciples to know that his way is the way of love. And he, he said that you're going to be known by other people. You're going to be known that you are my disciples by the way you love each other. And, and we saw that. And so that's so important. Jesus is telling his disciples before he dies that we need to be like him. And his, the way in him is the way of love. And we're going to see that even more today. The way of love. And that his truth comforts. His word and his truth comforts his followers. We saw that last week. And then also we saw last week that in his life, because Jesus' life, his followers, his believers are filled with the hope of eternal life. And so Jesus continues talking about, talking to his disciples. And we see this over the next couple chapters. Jesus is 
is talking about his disciples and then start praying about his disciples. And it's amazing in John 17 about the prayer that he has for not just his current disciples, but for all disciples. But we're this morning looking at John 15. So in verse 1 it says, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Verse 2 he says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. So Jesus says here in these first three verses, kind of a lot of things here. We can see right away that there's, in this imagery, he's, he's wanting us to know about his father is the gardener. His father is the one that's taking care of the vine, taking care of the branches, taking care of the fruit. He wants us to know that the father is the one responsible. The father is expecting fruit to be produced in each branch. And, and so we see that either way, what, whatever the case is, as Jesus is the vine, the true vine, well, actually, I should say this, in the, most of the Old Testament, whenever there was talk of a vine, and it was in imagery of, in, in the Isaiah or in different the prophets, when they're talking about the vine, it's always referring to the country, Israel, the people, Israel. And so here Jesus is finally saying, the, the, the vine isn't about Israel now. The vine is me. I am the true vine. And so you're going to have life in me alone. And, and so it's just this shift that it was probably a little bit shocking for the people there to hear like, that Jesus saying that he is the true vine. And then when he's talking about his, his father in heaven is the gardener. His father is working to make sure each branch is bearing fruit. Now, it says that, first of all, if the branch is not bearing fruit, cuts it off. He takes it away. It's useless. I mean, a branch that's not bearing fruit is, is no good. So he says he gets rid of that. He, gets, he takes it away. And so, yeah, we don't... <laughs> nobody wants to be that branch, right? Nobody wants to be that branch. It's like, you're useless, you're gone. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's like really harsh. But that's the reality. If we're not bearing fruit, and he's talking to his disciples here, if we're not bearing fruit, then we are cut off. Now, he also says another way that branches get cut. And he talks about pruning here. And, and the pruning, he says that if, if in, in verse 2, he says, while every branch does, that, does, that does bear fruit, the gardener prunes. So if, the, if you are bearing fruit, then you're going to be pruned. So either way, you're still going to get cut. Now the difference is, you're not getting cut in a way that's being discarded and off. You're being cut in a way that's to flourish it's a, it's a way it's going to help. It, it says, Jesus says, so that 
this branch will be even more fruitful. The gardener doesn't want you just to have a little bit of fruit. The gardener wants you to produce a lot of fruit. And so our first point today is that God expects each follower or each of his believers, each person that's in Jesus, to bear fruit. Now, maybe that's, maybe that's obvious to us. I don't know. But he's expecting, the gardener is expecting that each branch is bearing fruit. Because if, he, if he's not, they're cut off. And, and even if they're bearing a little bit of fruit, they're pruning, he's going to prune those branches back so that those branches are going to be more fruitful. They're going to have bearing more fruit and having more success. So God expects each of us as followers of Jesus to bear fruit. He wants us to not be fruitless. He wants us to have fruit. Now, he doesn't say we have to produce the fruit. He says he just is going to cut off those that aren't bearing fruit and prune those that are. Now, when we moved here a few years ago, we had never been homeowners before. And therefore, we'd also never had to t- take care of like all the things that you have to take care of with a home. Um, in Nicaragua and in, in Colorado, where we had lived, we had always rented. But when we got here and we moved in our house, we were excited that there was a, there was a tree in the front yard. Like, hey, look at that tree. We're going to have some shade. It's going to be great. We did, and then we found out a few months later, it was like, there were some apples falling off of it. And we're like, oh, okay, so it's, there's some apples here. We don't know what kind of apples, but we we're like, oh, that's, that's nice. Except we had to pick them up and throw them away if they were bad or whatever. But, so we, we were trying to like, okay, we got some apples. Uh, but the, what happened is, a few months later, my brother-in-law, who is really, he is very knowledgeable in landscaping. He, he works in that industry, and he, he's really good at horticulture and all that. He was visiting, and he's like, he pulled me aside and he's like, Luke, that tree needs to be pruned. <laughs> and I was like, why? It looks good to me. <laughs> and he said, no, it's, that's a mess. And so I said, all right, well. well. And actually, my, I think my first thought was, hey, good thing I, I saw the 90% off at Dollar General recently and got the, got the little shears or the little loppers. Uh, it only cost me a couple, like, I don't, it was really cheap because it was 90% off. I was like, hey. I'll get to use those. <laughs> then my wife won't be mad at me for buying random things. <laughs> Cheap random things, yeah. So I think the next weekend I, I took them out there and I, and I started pruning. And I, I, I think I asked him, like, well, what do, what do I do? What do I, how do I prune? And he says, he told me, you, go, you just take all the, the little small branches that are going to, they're kind of sucking out the life that should be going into the bigger branches bearing the fruit. They said, just take all those off. It's all the tiny ones, and especially the ones that are hanging low and all that. So I had a fun time pruning. It took a while. And two things that we noticed. First of all, we both, Ellen and I both noticed like, wow, the tree looks so healthy. <laughs> we didn't realize that it didn't look healthy when we had it before, but it, it looked really healthy. We're like, hey, that, that's a nice looking tree now. We didn't realize that it was just like really an eyesore because it was just so overgrown and everything. But then, a few months later, later into the, the season of bearing fruit, we noticed there was a whole bunch of apples. 
And not just little apples, they, a lot of them were big, and they were like, where the summer before we hadn't wanted to eat any of them because they were, or I think I tried a couple and they were terrible. But this, this summer, after pruning, they were really good. The kids didn't think they were really good, they just thought they were okay. <laughs> right? Now, I, I don't know a lot about trees and about horticulture and all that. You can ask kids in the FFA or other, you know, other people that know that. Felicity, she knows all that. But, and, and probably a lot of you guys know that. But what happened is for us, is that this fruit, the, the, the fruit was produced. And the fruit was better. And when I think about these, what the gardener is, is pruning back these branches so that they can bear more fruit. That's what he wants to do in each of us. Each of these little things that are distracting, they're taking away things that, that we shouldn't be focused on. He's pruning those back so that we can be even more fruitful. So each believer is to be bearing fruit. That's what God is expecting. So let me ask you, what is God wanting to prune away in your life? Or what has he been pruning away? Where has it hurt? Where has it been uncomfortable? In those seasons that we're being pruned, it doesn't feel good. And sometimes we ask why. But let's trust the gardener. Let's trust our Heavenly Father that He knows what He's doing because He wants to bear more fruit in us. So back in John 15, verse 4 through 6, we're going to read this. Then Jesus says, so He had just said He is the true vine. And He said His, garden, his Father is the gardener. And so then Jesus says in verse 4, remain in me. Now this word, this word remain is the same word that we use the word abide. And over and over, you're going to see it because I highlighted it on the screen, remain, remain, remain. Jesus wants, I think he's, he's trying to be really clear about something. He's trying to be really clear or maybe just really repetitive either way. Seems like he's trying to tell us something, tell his followers something. Remember, this is right before he's going to go to the cross. He wants people to know, he wants his, his followers to know to remain in him. Remain in the true vine. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, he reminds us again, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, verse 6 says, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Okay, <laughs> so what is Jesus trying to let us know? I think it's kind of clear. He wants us to remain in Him. He wants as believers in Him that we remain connected to the source of life. 
the vine, the true vine, which is Him. So Jesus is asking each of us to remain in Him. And our second point today is the only way to bear fruit is to abide in the true vine. We are not going to bear fruit by ourselves. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, apart from the the true vine, we are not going to be able to produce anything. You know, I know this isn't a vine. this This is from a palm tree of some kind. But... Just let's, let's think about this for a minute. Now, by itself, can, can a branch bear fruit? What do you think? No. Have you guys ever seen a branch doing some, some magical formula or whatever, doing something, mustering up however it wants to, to, to bear fruit? Uh, not just this kind of, but any kind of branch. Have you ever seen a branch by itself, not connected bearing fruit. No? No one's seen that? I haven't either, but then again, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not around. I don't know these kind of things. But it doesn't matter what the branch does. Now, as believers, Jesus is saying that we are the branches. And I, and I know a lot of times we want to do good things. We want to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our life. We want to have more love and we want to have more joy and we want to be patient and kind. And so we sometimes think that we can just try harder, that we can somehow go this way or that. I don't know. We try to figure it out on our own. We try to muster up the fruit without the vine. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense because it's not connected to the source of life. The vine has all the nutrients, has everything it needs to produce and bear good fruit. And so Jesus is saying over and over and over, remain in me. I am the life. I am the vine. I am giving you everything you need to produce and bear fruit. So don't try to do it on, our, on your own. He wants us to be connected to Him, to be remaining in Him, to be trusting in Him. So if we want to bear fruit, we're not going to do anything by ourselves. We're only going to, the only way we're going to be able to bear fruit is through Jesus, the true vine. The only way we're going to bear fruit is in the vine, is in Jesus Christ. Jesus kind of explained this a little bit later in this chapter because he said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. So he says again, remain in my love. And if you keep my commands, and if you, you will remain in my love just as I have kept the Father's commands and remain in his love. Now I told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So Jesus is saying, my love is what's flowing into you. My love is what's going to bear that fruit in your life. 
So if you're not connected to the vine, you're not going to be able to just muster up enough love or enough whatever to bear godly fruit, fruit of the Spirit. So God expects fruit. He expects all believers to bear fruit. And the only way to bear, only way to bear fruit is to abide in the true vine. Then in verse 7, a verse that can easily be taken out of context if you just read it by itself and not know the context of this. Jesus says, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, that's the, the part that we sometimes just skip over, gloss over, forget that part. And we say, ask, Jesus says, ask whatever you wish. Ask whatever you want. And it will be done for you. And I, Now, I've heard people claim this as a promise. Jesus says, ask whatever you wish. Ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. Amen. Right? No, there's a comma there before that. If you remain in me, if you abide in me, and if, if if my words remain in you, so if you are abiding in the true vine, if you are abiding in the life-giving nourishment that's coming from Jesus, and Jesus' words are remaining in you, abiding in us, then ask whatever you wish. Because guess what? Jesus knows that whatever we wish is going to be pretty similar to what He wishes. Right? If we're abiding in Jesus... And we are, his words are remaining in us, and we are going to the source of life. Then we're probably not going to be asking whatever we wish to glorify us. We're probably not going to be asking whatever we want that's different than what God wants. So Jesus is saying, Remain in me, remain in me, and ask whatever you want, and it'll be done for you. And then in verse 8, he says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now remember, last week we saw how are people knowing that, that the disciples are really disciples of Jesus. How, are they, how do they show that? Love. Good. By the love. So Jesus wants us to, to show His love, not just love. He wants us to show love that's coming into us by connected to Him And when we show love, then people are going to see that 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 fruit of the Spirit is being produced in us. And guess who gets the glory? Me, right? You? You? Who gets the glory? The Father. The Father gets the glory. Jesus is always about giving the Father glory. He wants the Father to be known. He wants His Father, He wants God to be the one that people are like, wow, that, that God is powerful. That God is good. That God is life-giving. I want to be a follower of that God. I want to be a follower of the only true God. 
So when we produce a lot of fruit, Jesus says his Father gets the glory. And that's what he wants. He wants his Father. He wants the Trinity to be glorified. So our third point today is bearing a lot of fruit glorifies God. So it's interesting. We have this like progression here. We have, if you want to be bearing fruit, you have to be abiding in God. You have to be abiding in the Son, in Jesus. And if you want to bear a lot of fruit, it's going to glorify God. But if you don't bear any fruit, you're going to get cut off and thrown into the fire. Now, if you're only bearing a little bit of fruit, then you're going to be pruned. And while that might hurt, and while that might not feel good, it's needed to bear more fruit. It's needed to glorify God. So bearing a lot of fruit gives God glory. Do we want to give God glory? Rhetorical question. I hope the answer is yes. Well, there we go. Yes, we want to give God glory. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and we're connected to the true vine, we're connected to Him, we're abiding in Him, and maybe we don't feel like we're always abiding. Maybe we feel like there's, there's times that we're just too busy. There's just too much going on in my life to abide in, in Him. I want to give God glory, but I don't know. I don't know if I see the fruit. I don't know if I have the time to, to go through the pain of, of pruning. I want God to be glorified, but I don't know if I can actually remain in the sun, in the vine. And, and that's hard. Many of us feel that sometimes. We're, we feel that tension well, the guilt of like reading, I need to read the Bible. I need to go to church. I need to pray. But no, if, if we're a follower, if you're a follower of Jesus, all we need to do is abide in Him. And when we abide in Him, it's not about how many verses or how long you pray or, or how often you go to church or... or who, it's, it's not about any of that. Yes, those things happen. But they, they, first, they happen, what needs to happen is that we abide in Him. Abide in the life-giving nourishment of Jesus. And there's not like you have to abide in Him at, at 6 or 6.30 in the morning or whatever. No. It's abide in Him. It, it just means go to Him. It just means he's saying, remain in me. He's saying when there's, when there's a hard thing that's happening at your job or in your family or at school or wherever you are and there's something hard, don't just do it the way of the world. Don't just do what you think you should do. Go to the Lord first. Abide in Him. Remain in Him. Go to Him. Yes, we need times with Jesus. We need time knowing Jesus, knowing His heart. And so I encourage you, if, if, there's, if you don't have time in your life, consider pruning out something that's not as important. 
Because what's more important than knowing Jesus? And I'm not saying that to make you feel guilty. I'm not. I I want us to all know the most important thing that we do every day is to have a relationship with Jesus. And everything else comes out of that. Everything. Even the things that take most of your time. That comes out of our relationship with Jesus. If you are a believer, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then He is your Master and He is your Lord. And, and, and we need to go to Him not in a, not in a, a, a religious act of... No, but just in a relationship to, with Jesus. Jesus, I'm abiding in You. I want to know You. I want to to do what you want me to do. I want to bear fruit. I want when people see me, they see you. I want when people see how I react to hard times, that they say, why is that person so different? Why do they have that like, love or hope or, or joy in their face? Like, why? It doesn't make sense. And they come to know Jesus Christ because of our relationship with Jesus. And when we bear fruit and others come to know Jesus, that brings so much glory to the Father. And, and like it says there, I just read, it, that our joy is complete. Jesus' joy is complete in us when we are abiding in Him and remaining in His love. So our main idea today, hopefully this is really simple. If you want to bear fruit, I haven't noticed that's an if. If you want to bear fruit, because maybe as followers of Jesus, that's not a desire. Or maybe that's not the number one desire. That's not important. But if you want to bear fruit, you must remain connected to the true vine. If we want to bear fruit as believers of Jesus Christ, if we want to see fruit developing on our, uh, us as branches, then we have to be connected. We must be remaining. We must be abiding in Him. Because He's the only one that's going to be the source of life, that's giving His life-giving love to us so we can reach our family and our coworkers, our friends, our neighbors, whoever we're reaching, whoever we're encountering. We're reaching them because we are connected to the life-giving love of Jesus Christ, the true vine. You know, abiding is, is different. I, I, I saw recently in, in one of the kids' Bibles or, or the kids' devotions, it, it was saying, if you just add a little bit of Jesus to your day, it's going to do this and that. And I just, I, when I was reading that to my kids, I was like, no, we don't just add a little bit of Jesus to our day. We abide in Jesus. Jesus is a source of life. We don't just sprinkle a little bit of Jesus to our day. We don't just, okay, well, my life is like this, and I'll just add a little bit of Jesus. No. We abide in Jesus. We need Jesus. Apart from Jesus, we can do what? Nothing? I feel like I can do something. What? Jesus said we can do nothing. I know sometimes we think we can do something. But it's nothing. Nothing that's good. Nothing that's going to bear fruit. Nothing 
that's worthwhile for eternity is going to happen when we are doing it apart from the true vine. So imagine, imagine what this would look like. Not just for you, but let's just, to this, the, a room full of people, to East Bend, to, to, to Fisher, to Paxson, to all kinds of the places around us, Gibson and Muhammad, you know, we're just, we're so excited about our relationship with Jesus. We're abiding in Him, we're remaining in Him, no matter what happens. We have our hope in Him, we have our foundation in Jesus. Imagine that, that people all around us are like, why are you happy? The gas prices are out of control. There's a war. There's a, we, we don't have enough money to, everything's going up. The economy's failing. All this stuff is going bad. Why are you, why do you have ha- happiness? Why do you have joy? Why are you so different? Because we remain in Jesus. We're clinging to the source of life. I get excited thinking about that. Not just in a, in a vast way, but even just, even just us. Even just those of us that call themselves believers in Jesus. Being connected to the true vine. Bearing much fruit and giving glory to the Father. Before we close today, I just want to to take a few moments. And I'm going to play play a background song too while we we think about this. And I'll just give you a little bit more time today. I really want you just to to talk to the Father. talk Talk to Jesus, His Spirit, and ask this question. What's holding me back? What is holding me back from abiding in Jesus? What's holding me back from remaining to the source of life? And I I don't want this to be a time of shame or guilt or condemnation, but just to to try to identify what's holding me back from fully trusting and abiding, blossoming and flourishing as a child of God. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, this is a great time to talk to Jesus. A great time to ask Him, can I trust you? Are you, are you good? Do you, do you really give life? But let's be connected and remaining in Jesus Christ, the true vine. in us and that you're calling us to abide in you remain in you Jesus Lord I pray for whatever we've been identifying maybe you've been showing us what's holding us back what's causing us 
to not bear fruit or not abide in you. God, we just pray that those things would be pruned. That you, your Father, our Father in heaven, would prune away those things. That's holding us back from fully remaining in your love. So Jesus, I just pray over my brothers and sisters in Christ right now and over myself that, that we wouldn't feel shame or guilt and, and, and trying to be religious, but that we would want to remain in your love and that we would go to you, not just because we should go to you sometimes, but we would go to you as our source of life that we would not be cut off and cut down. That we would remain in you and in your love and we would bear not just your fruit, but we would bear much fruit. And for your Father's glory, we pray this. Jesus, pray this in your name. Amen.